What's going on and welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek on this Monday, a game day edition. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside my co-host Jim Eichenhofer of Pelicans.com. Joining us today is Kyle Draper, play-by-play announcer for the Sacramento Kings, also the host of Kings pre- and post-game live on NBC Sports California. He'll be on the call tonight from Sacramento between the Pelicans and the Kings. Kyle, happy game day and appreciate you coming on. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. We got a big one tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, a big one. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I want to talk about you and your journey kind of here to Sacramento in your first season. You were with the Boston Celtics, um, then making your way to the West Coast in Sacramento doing play-by-play and also um, studio host. What's what's it been like for you, especially in this year where, unfortunately, with the circumstances, you've had to call most of your game or all of your games uh, remotely. Um, how's this year been for you in the transition to Sacramento? Well, it's been a weird year, right? And it's been weird for everybody, uh, including NBA players. And it's been a challenge, no doubt about it, because we haven't been able to have fans in the arena yet. And so I'm still trying to figure out the vibe of Sacramento, how passionate their fan base is. I said the other day on the broadcast, I want to touch, I want to feel, I want to hear Sacramento Kings fans, but uh, we're going to have fans in the building soon. Uh, It's been a great season so far. You know, as you know, the Sacramento Kings squad has been up and down. It's been a roller coaster ride, but I like to tell people I'm a young dude from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, man. I don't care what happens, you know, I'm living a dream every single day. So let's talk about this Kings team just for a second before I get to Jim. Um, on a six-game losing streak right now, but we're on a five-game winning streak before. Kind of what's been going on with this team during the six-game losing streak? Is there anything you can pinpoint as why they've started to struggle after having such an impressive five-game winning streak? Well, yeah, a couple of things. You know, their defense has slid back a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's amazing. When you look at the Kings, sure, they have the worst defense in the league, but it, it's sort of up and down and, you know, sort of like their entire season. So I, I think, you know, the defensive intensity has been missing during this six game losing streak. And, and I hate to put it all on one guy, but this team goes as De'Aaron Fox goes, which is, is crazy because he's just a young fourth year player. But, you know, in the previous five games, which they lost before losing the other night, he was only averaging like 22 points per game. And you guys say 22, that's pretty solid. Well, for the Kings to be good, De'Aaron has to be 27, 28, 29. And so he has to be superhuman every single night. And I know that's a lot to ask. Uh, I thought this Kings team, you know, they had a nine-game losing streak earlier in the season, guys, after winning seven out of eight. And we came into this last stretch thinking there's no way they struggle like that again, right? This is just a better team. They had the trade deadline. They bolstered their bench a little bit. But here we are. I I think they're a little shell-shocked right now. Uh, But this is their season tonight. I mean, you know, you're chasing New Orleans, you're chasing Golden State. Uh, You got to start winning some of these games. And so uh, they played pretty well the other night. Let's see if they can come back tonight and uh, make it a game against the Pelicans. Kyle, you mentioned De'Aaron Fox and, you know, how he needs to play at a a super high level for them to get to where they want to be. Is playing just against New Orleans maybe the recipe to to that? (laughs) Because... uh, it seems like in the games this season, I know people talked about him as maybe earlier in the year, they talked about him as maybe an all-star candidate. If you just look at the games against New Orleans, he should be like in the MVP race based <laughs> on how he's played. I mean, what has it been about, about the Pelicans in New Orleans that he's, he's just been able to could just completely dominate? I don't know. That, that's a great question. What was it, 43 points in the first meeting, yeah, 38 in the second? He had a um, career high in, with 43 and then the, the game here in the fourth quarter, he, he was just unstoppable the last 
you know, like five minutes of the game. Right. And, and I thought the Pelicans had some good defenders uh, out on the, at the point guard position, you know, whether it's a uh, uh, Alonzo when he's healthy or Bledsoe, but I, I think he just gets up uh, for the Pelicans, uh, you know, so much hype around Zion and Brandon Ingram. I, I think he feels like, you know what, I'm one of the best young players in this league also. So put some respect on my name. And sure. so I think you guys, uh, th- this matchup is coming at the right time because we need a big game from De'Aaron. And, and like you said, he's been playing extremely well MVP level when he takes on the Pelicans. Another guard that I think a lot of people are just very impressed by with Sacramento, obviously, is Tyrese Halliburton. I imagine that you've gotten this question probably before or recently, but what do you think about his his chances as far as rookie of the year the way that he's played and the impact that he's made for, for the Kings. I, I think he's right there. You know, the injury to LaMelo definitely helped him out. You, you, you're sorry to and hate to hear a guy get hurt. And then, uh, but for Tyrese, I, I think it's put him on an even bigger plateau, a bigger spotlight. To me, he is the favorite and, and sure his numbers aren't as great as let's say Edwards uh, numbers, but Tyrese impacts the game on both ends of the floor. You guys will see tonight. His defense, he has an uncanny ability to play the passing lanes. He has long arms. And so he's just a heady player, man. I, you know, I, I say Tyrese is the kind of guy that will thrive no matter what, you know, in terms of uh, playing basketball. If he is playing pickup ball around the corner 10 years ago, he would dominate AAU. He just knows how to play the game and he's a coach's dream. Sure, sometimes his shot may not fall or the little floater may not fall, but you know, if I'm Luke Walton, I'm extremely pleased with what I've seen from Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, the guy just knows how to play basketball. And keep an eye tonight, too. When he's running the point, it's not all about him scoring. Watch how he makes other players better on this Kings team, setting up Rashawn Holmes, setting up Harrison Barnes. And so he just knows how to play the game. You talk about, Kyle, the importance of tonight's game. Do you get that sense that these guys, whether it's Coach Walton or the players, are starting to keep track or kind of look out after the standings. We asked uh, Stan Van Gunny about this, and he talks about on practice days in the mornings, and they kind of go over, you know, what's at stake, especially how, you know, San Antonio and Golden State have struggled too. So it seems wide open. Is that stuff get addressed, do you think, to, or are they just really focusing, especially during a tough losing streak, that you just got to take it one game at a time and, and just try to get one win and then worry about what you can do in the standings? You know, if they say that, if Luke Walton says that, that's a cliche, right? Well, we're just focused on us. And no, everybody's been looking at the standings, especially with this new year where, you know, you got the play-in tournament, more teams are involved. And so I know I've been keeping a a look at it since like January, you know, And, 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 and think about it. This Kings team has not made the playoffs in 14 straight seasons. So if anybody tells you uh, we're not looking at the standings, we're just focused, they're lying to you. This is a big opportunity for the Kings these last 19 games. And so I don't know if you make the play-in tournament, does that count technically as a playoff berth? I don't know. But for Sacramento, if they can get in there, it would be huge for this franchise. So I know for sure they're keeping an eye on the standings. I know with such a young team like the Pelicans, even these 19 games are so important just from the fact that you are in technically a playoff race. We can declare whether the play-in is not is not a playoff uh, spot, but nonetheless, do you feel like that's kind of important for this team just to, even if they don't make it, just to continue to be competing where they are scoreboard watching, as they say, for these last 19? Yeah, think about it. Uh, and we just, all we have to do is go look at Phoenix, right? 
and, and right. what they accomplished in the bubble and, and the run they were on and how that carried over into this season. And so whether it's the Pelicans or the Kings, if you finish strong, if you go on a nice little streak over these last 19 games, you get that confidence, you get that swagger going into the off season, and then you're ready to make that jump. You know, we talk about San Antonio, eventually they're going to miss the playoffs, right? They're not going to be there, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, at, at the top of the heap or, you know, in the top eight, nine, 10, you know, they're going to go down. There's going to be some other teams that go down as well. So why not the Pelicans? Why not the Kings as that next up and coming young team? What do you think of the play playing structure? And I know, I think a lot of people are pleased with the fact that it does keep more teams involved at this point of the season. Are you a fan of it? I know we really only saw it in the bubble, but do you like this structure? And maybe do you see it as something they keep in the future? I, I do actually, because think about it. It, 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 it sort of uh, uh, discourages tanking, right? You know, mm -hmm. if you feel like you have something still to play for, if you feel like you can get into the playoffs, uh, you know, to me, you, you go for it, even at the trade deadline, you know, instead of selling off a whole lot of pieces, maybe you actually go out there and be aggressive and become a buyer. And from an owner's standpoint, if you have another playoff game or another home game, there's financial benefit also. And so I, I think it's good for the game. It keeps uh, a number of teams interested. Uh, you know, fan base is interested in what happens the final two months of the season. And I think it discourages tanking. So I'm all for it. I think the NBA should keep it going forward. It just keeps, you know, more teams interesting uh, down the stretch. I, I agree with you. I'm a big fan of it as well. So hopefully it does stay. Uh, before I let you go, uh, you're on the call tonight with Doug Christie. How about some keys for tonight's game for either side? Just looking at, again, the winner of this game will uh, clinch the season series and again, get one step closer than maybe that playing game with the Spurs and Warriors also playing tonight. What are you looking out for tonight uh, between these two teams? Well, obviously you got to look at Zion, right? The dude is just virtually unstoppable. The thing that's so crazy about him is that the, the, the book on him is turn him into a shooter, make him, you know, get him, keep him out the paint, but that's easier said than done, right? Nobody's been able to do that so far. So I'm looking at that matchup, obviously in the rebounding as well. The Kings have been out rebounded royally, over the last six games during this losing streak. As you know, you guys got some pretty good rebounders, Steven Adams, you could throw in that mix, Zion. And so keep an eye on the team that wins the uh, battle of the boards. And then my guy, De'Aaron Fox, it may take 40 points tonight for the Kings to get it done, but I think Fox will be up for it. He had 30 the other night. And so I think he's starting to get back to himself, starting to sense that, you know what? He has to be aggressive right from the opening tip. Should be a fun one tonight inside the Smoothie King Center. That's Kyle Draper, who will be on the call tonight uh, for Kings Television. Also does their studio uh, pregame and postgame as well. Does a great job in his first year uh, with Sacramento. Kyle, I really appreciate the time on the game day. Uh, I would say good luck, but I would be lying. Otherwise, <laughs> have a great call tonight and best of luck the rest of the way. No problem, fellas. Have a good one. Should be a great game. Absolutely. All right, good stuff there from Kyle Draper of Kings TV. Pelicans and Kings tonight, 8 p.m. Central due to COVID protocols. Usually these back-to-backs are pushed back an hour later, so you will have to wait an hour later for this one. But, Jim, let's talk about last night a little bit in the 116-109 win for the Pelicans over the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I think for the first three quarters, I think we're all trying to bang our heads against the wall, figuring out what is going on. And then finally something clicked in that fourth quarter. They outscored the Cavs 26-15. to It wasn't pretty, but... What I like about this team is they're starting to find different ways to win ball games, and, and you definitely needed last night against Cleveland. Yeah, I think it was kind of a 
uh, a sigh of relief was kind of the, what happened, I think across the fan base and the people that followed the team at the end of that game, because it, it went down to even the last minute or so last 20 seconds before you could finally say when Zion got that dunk, that the, it was probably going to be a win. So yeah, it was, I, I thought Sam and Gundy summed it up really well after the game when he said um, the way he liked the way that the team closed the fourth quarter. He liked what Najee Marshall did, but other than that, he was struggling to find positives, but the bottom line is that you got a, a win in a game that was huge. Every single game, the rest of the season is going to be really important. So it was, uh, it was great to get that win. I f I'm sure we would be feeling a lot worse about the situation if they hadn't been able to, to pull that off at the end. Well, let's talk about Najee Marshall because he has been starting a lot recently, especially with Lonzo Ball out again now with a left, left hip flexor strain. Um, but Coach, again, talked about last night. The reason why he's in the starting lineup is his energy on the defensive side of the ball. But he also put up 15 points last night on 6 of 9, shooting 2 of 4 from long range, also had 7 rebounds as well. Um, it just seems like, you know, talk about a two-way guy, really motivated right now, Najee making the most of his opportunity. He's done a really good job to me of finding what the team needs and just filling the, that role. I think he's a good example of how, you know, you mentioned that he had 15 points last night and he contributed offensively, but I think he realizes that that's not why he's out on the court and that's not why he's getting playing time. He's the last six games, he's played at least 22 minutes every single night. So just a good example too of chemistry, you know, you need guys that can do different things. If you had five guys out there that their, their biggest strength or only strength is scoring. A lot of times you're not going to get good results because you're going to be weak in other areas. So he, you know, he's, he's done a nice job of, like I said, filling the gaps. He's also had a kind of sneaky, sneakily had a lot of assist numbers. He's had three plus assists, I think in five games in a row. So just a good story and, and really happy to see him get the opportunity. It sounds like based on his teammates giving him the game ball last night that they were really happy for him. I'm sure they saw the work that he puts in during practice and throughout the first, you know, 50, 40 something games of the season, it, it wasn't resulting in him getting on the court very much. So always good to see a guy get rewarded and, and not just get rewarded himself, but also pay it back to the team by coming through in a, in a really huge spot where they needed him to pull off that win. I'm glad he posted that picture of him holding the game ball that was taken by Ashley Amos there in Cleveland of him holding the game ball while doing his interview. He probably slept with that game ball. I don't blame him uh, for the way he played last night. A um, yeah. couple more things before I let you go. Um, Sacramento Kings tonight, as we mentioned, you talked about it and Kyle talked about how streaky they are. They won five in a row before the six game losing streak, but I thought it was interesting from Kyle saying that this could be the season for them in the play-in standpoint, because, I believe now they're two games back of the Pelicans yep. for 11th Pelicans, one game back of golden state and technically one game back of the Spurs were really two losses back of San Antonio who won last night against Dallas. It's pretty interesting to hear how big of a game this is for Sacramento with 19 games to go. And I also think this is just as big for the Pelicans tonight, especially who wins the season series. Yeah. I, I tend to focus in a situation like this, that the Pelicans are in only on the teams ahead of the Pelicans in the standings. But I mean, like you said, the Kings are not that far back and you could really look at this game as almost like a three game value in the standings, because if Sacramento wins, they're one game behind the Pelicans and they have the tiebreaker. If New Orleans wins, the Kings are three games behind the Pelicans and New Orleans has the tiebreaker. So it's almost four losses that would the Pelicans would have to have from here to the end of the season for Sacramento to pass them. And there's not that many games left in the season. As we know, after tonight, there's only 18 games left. So 
Yeah, I agree. I thought that was interesting the way that he put it. I can see why he sees it that way. You know, you're, you're everyone's starting to run out of time now. And the one, one good thing about the Pelicans, at least as we speak today on April 12th, is they're in 11th place and they really only have to pass one team. You start getting into 12th and 13th place, though, and not only you look at the scoreboard out from night to night, and you're like, okay, not only do you need this, we need not only do we need to win and we need this team to lose, but we also need these other two teams to lose and this to happen and that to happen. And it gets to the point where it's just impossible, which I think we saw in, at, at the in the latter half of the bubble last year. Once the Pelicans started off slowly, it was like the combination of things that need to happen for them to get in is just it's just not gonna it's not gonna take place. So yeah. it, it's a crucial game for. New Orleans, but I think based on what Kyle said and just looking at the standings, it's it's just as important, probably more so for Sacramento. I know every game's important right now for this Pelicans team, but this week I think is pretty important for them because we talk about how important it is to maybe get on a little bit of a streak here or get on a four wins in five games or five out of six or even a winning streak more than four, which has been the longest the Pelicans have had uh, in the last two seasons. Um, you look at the schedule for this week, and again, Pelicans should not look down on any opponent. You look at last night as a big example of that, but a very winnable on paper schedule this week when you have Sacramento on Monday, New York, you beat for the first time on Wednesday, then you're on the road for two against Washington, who beat Golden State on the road, so it's not going to be an easy game, and then New York on Sunday. But, you know, if, if you're talking about putting a streak together, this may be the time where you, you know, if you win tonight, you're on a three-game winning streak, this could be a week where you finish and you could be winners of five of your last six. So I feel like you talk about this week, this, this might be a kind of a, uh, a make a break week for the Pelicans. I don't know if that's really overreacting a lot, but I mean, for me, I think this could be it. And I think it's a really interesting set of matchups because as we've talked a lot about Sacramento, the two games against them this season have been very even and come down to the end um, last couple minutes and then the two games against New York, I think, are really interesting, partly because you haven't played against them, as you mentioned, this season. But New York is, is that team that they've gotten a lot of their success this year by outworking teams. They might not have a ton of talent on paper, but I'm really curious to see how the Pelicans do against them and see, especially in the hustle game, the rebounding and, and some of the scrappiness that the Pelicans got from Najee Marshall. I think they're going to have to get that same kind of performance from the whole team to be able to beat the Knicks in, in the two games that they have against them this week. So, I mean, you're also playing the, the Knicks and the Wizards also to some extent are teams that are, the Wizards are fighting for their lives right now, kind of like Sacramento, where it's like you can't afford any losses based on the position you're in the standing. So um, as Kyle, as we touched on briefly too, I think the play in element not only is going to be so much fun to watch those games, those playing games that are kind of do or die single elimination, but they're adding so much interest to the end of the regular season, I think. And I think one of the reasons why the NBA is going to keep it and maybe even expand it based on the current setup is that it's just, it makes the the tail end of the regular season. So, so fun. And to be able to sort through all these different scenarios and, and just the, the fight for seeding too is so huge. I mean, we'll probably get into this more hopefully in, uh, in May. And when we get down to the very, end of the regular season but even like the difference between eight and nine is massive the difference between nine and ten where you get to play at home I, you're I'm sure just throwing out different possibilities if you get to the end of the season and you're like a team like New Orleans and you um, have a chance for nine or ten 
you can either play the play-in game at home, you know, as the nine seed or have to go like say all, all the way across the country to play Golden State in one game. I mean, that's an easy choice of what we, what you'd rather do. So, and I think maybe by that point, there will be even more fans in arenas. And so the home court will be a, a bigger factor. So it's, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. That's really interesting across the NBA and especially the West. I mean, it's crazy to think that the Pelicans have not even played Golden State yet. I think everyone is starting to circle May 3rd and May 4th on the calendar. The long the Pelicans are within two or three games at the most against Golden State, then those two games are going to come down to, you know, the make or break of your season. So we'll see how that goes. Again, 8 o'clock Central tonight, Pelicans and Kings. You can watch it on Valley Sports New Orleans or listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Pre-game coverage starting on both at 7.30. Jim Mike and offers behind the numbers presented by Entergy. Look out for those later on today. And also, as we tape this around noon, the injury report should be coming out soon. We'll see what Lonzo Ball's status is for tonight's game. He's really the only one with Nikhil still going to be out and Josh Hart being out. We'll have to keep an eye on if the Pelicans get Lonzo Ball back or maybe wait until Wednesday to see if he returns against the Knicks. We'll have a great podcast for you on Wednesday. We're going to talk with Xavier's men's head coach, Travis Steele especially with the way Najee Marshall's playing. We want to get his thoughts as Steele's been there at Xavier for a long time, but recently just became the head coach. This is, he just completed his second season with Xavier. So we're going to get to know Najee a little bit more from his former head coach in Travis, Travis Steele. Hope you can join us on the Pelicans mobile app, pelicans.com, where you can download the show on iTunes. All right, big thanks to Kyle Draper for appearing on today's podcast. Until Wednesday, for Jim Eikenhofer, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by CQ.